powerful and impossible, they had defeated its people. Now the Chinese viewed themselves as weak and defenseless. They felt the piss run down their legs in front of mightier men and women from the other side of the world, which until then China had believed it ruled from the centre. Yet the foreign devils preached of deliverance and humility, quoted the compassion of their God, as they left Chinese children fearful and hungry. He dreamed of the arid sepia landscape of the photograph, of distant scrub-covered hills and hard lumpy soil on the plains, unblessed by rain for a year. He found himself standing next to the man and woman, his unknown ancestors. He could smell the stink of their unwashed bodies, the powerful acidity of sweat and mould in their clothes. He could see that the man's hands were rough and sinewy, forged into fists of iron from farming and fighting. Both his ancestors were small in stature, but stood up straight and proud. She was the first to look at him directly and to speak. He did not recognise the dialect. To him the words sounded like barking as she snapped at him, telling him something urgently. The barrage of harsh sounds propelled him backwards and down into the dirt. He felt the rough-baked earth under his hands and knees as he landed, cutting through his clothes to the skin. Through the blaze of the sun he could make out her silhouette, hard and dark, like a wet hide laid out in snow. The man stepped forward then. From down in the dust he saw thick calves and flat feet pace slowly round him. Then one foot was raised to roll him over. He looked up again, his head pushed down into the dry brown dirt underneath the coarse sole, and saw the moving shadow of the man's long queue, the long woven pigtail hanging to his waist from his shaved scalp, as he turned back to consult his wife. They shouted at each other, and then the pressure from the foot eased, and he was released. Side by side, his ancestors walked away into the distance. After the dream, he spent many hours studying the photograph. The man was young, maybe in his late twenties, and wore his hair Manchurian style, though he did not come from the far north. This man was from the northeast of China, now a place of little account. He'd belonged to a village built from mud taken from the endless banks of the Yellow River, a place long since returned to the once fertile brown earth. Without rain, the farmland had grown dry and hard, and starvation followed. In that era, the long-drawn-back queue and shaved-upper scalp were a sign that the man had been charged to work for the Qing government in some way, and had been awarded the right to wear his hair like that. Perhaps he had even been there at the end, fighting against the foreign powers at Tianjin, breaking up railway track and defying the Western Allies. His tight queue pulled back his skin, accentuating a hard, bony forehead and the narrowness of his eyes. Fierce pupils commanded the attention of his young descendant. He wore a jacket and trousers of a rough, dark material that hung loose from his shoulders and round his waist, and left bare his powerful forearms and chest. There was a sash of a lighter-coloured material swathed in a band from the man's left shoulder to right hip, which his descendant mentally pictured as being bright red. The woman stood slightly behind her husband's shoulder, her hair caught back and up, revealing the effects on her skin of years of exposure to the elements and harsh sunlight. 
Her mouth was part open, an expression of bewilderment at the photographer's work, but her eyes were hard and bright. She held a staff in her hand, perhaps for walking or tending livestock, perhaps for fighting. Her shirt was traditional and black, clearly of finer quality than the simple clothes worn by her husband, and her head was wound with cloth, which in his mind's eye her descendant saw as deep red also. He found images of similarly dressed individuals in the university library's collection of historical photographs, and identified the couple as coming from Shandong, high up China's coast dividing the southerly Yellow Sea and the Bohai Sea to the north. According to legend, Shandong was earth and soil, a place for nurturing and growth. It was the origin of the Chinese people. Shandong was the birthplace of all that was good and worthy about the Chinese, the young man recognised.